Play clock at two. Matthews got it. Blitz comes. They pick it up. Stafford throws. It is end zone. What's up, Lions fans, and welcome to episode two of the Blue Blood podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, along here with your co-host, Colton. Hey, guys, what's up? All right, and today we are going to be talking about free agents. We're going to talk about the big five that we just signed this offseason. So we got Deron Harmon, Desmond Trufant, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, and the guy we're going to start with first, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to go ahead and let Colton introduce him, and let's see if he can actually get it right. All right. So I spent some serious time researching on how to pronounce this. Um, so, ha la puli va ti vai tai. Ha la yeah. puli va ti vai tai. <laughs> I am not even going to try and say that. That's Have fun. I'm just going to call him Big V. That's yeah, good. Big V. Big V or Vitae. Yes, Anyways, yep. all right. So Big V, uh, he was signed uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, he signed a five-year, $45 million contract. Um, and, Jay, what did you think about him to start off? Uh, to start off, he was a guy I've definitely known about and watched a little bit. Granted, yeah, he was a backup there, so... Uh, notes on him, he's 27 years of age, so kind of right in the middle, to be honest, for offensive linemen. Uh, he filled in and played good during the Eagles Super Bowl run. He actually played in the Super Bowl, and he's played also left and right tackle, which is great to have versatility. That's something that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn still preach all the time. I had him good in both pass pro and run and in the run game. Uh, he's a big guy sitting at 6'6", 320. Good night, dude's massive. Uh, and I'm hoping that he's our starting right tackle for the next few years with Decker on the left side. And those are the bookends. So that's all I pretty much got on him. I'm not super great at scouting or watching offensive linemen. I admit that. But what do you got on him? Um, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, yeah, he had 55 games spanning throughout the last couple of years. Um, I too expect him at right tackle, obviously replacing... Uh, Rick Wagner, who ended up in Green Bay after the Lions released him. Um, <clears throat> it is concerning. I think he's the Lions' riskiest signing in this free agency class, personally. Interesting. Um, just because he has, he's not proven, but we gave him a lot of money. But Or it looks like we gave him a lot of money. But actually, looking into the contract, and you can see how the money breaks down. And it's basically a two-year, $20 million deal with a team option after that um, with and then if they decide to move on from Big V it would only cost them 4.2 million of dead cap in 2022 and then obviously those three years extra would be uh, for 25 million yeah and I was looking at that same thing yeah there's a out after two years so it's not extremely risky I, d- I do agree with you in the fact that I do think it is the riskiest signing just because he is sort of unproven uh, I guess question to you then, and pretty sure I know your answer, but do you think it's an upgrade? Do you think it's staying the same, or do you think it's a downgrade at right tackle, switching out Big V for Rick Wagner? So I have, I was actually looking into this. I think 
his floor is a little bit lower than uh, Wagner's, but I think his uh, ceiling is way higher. Interesting. What do you As think? As in, like, all around, like, pass and in the run game, you think is way higher? Um, I didn't really look into that too much, to be honest, but just as a general potential at right tackle, I think he's, uh, I think they're a similar player, but Big V has more potential, and Wagner was kind of at a solid, like, we knew what, Wag, what Wagner was, and they decided to move yeah. on from that for potential i think exactly i think honestly we signed wagner for a little bit too much at the time but uh yeah coming off of the seasons that he was having for baltimore it made sense and there wasn't any question there and i think he did good and was serviceable for when we had him but i'm excited with vitae and i think right now it's yeah like you were saying and i like I want to say that he is a little bit of a downgrade just right now, just based off of just because I haven't seen him start a full 16 games. So I don't know. There's a lot of unknown with him. It'll be interesting. Hopefully he comes out and he's at least the same as Rick Rick Wagner was. If that's true, I'm good with that because he's only going to get better. So that's pretty much all I got on him. We can go ahead and bring up the second free agent now. That is actually going to be... A guy that is very underrated, in my opinion, at least by Lions fans. That is Deron Harmon, the safety that we actually got from the New England Patriots, a team we're very familiar with. I got him sitting at 6'1", 205. Uh, contract left on his deal is going to be that one year, $4.5 million, And you can go ahead and talk about how we acquired him. All right, so for Deron Harmon, the Lions acquired him via trade from the Patriots, like you just said. And uh, we received Harmon and a seventh rounder from the Patriots. And we sent them Seattle's fifth round pick that we originally received from the Quandre Diggs trade. Um, his nickname is The Closer, which I think is a fantastic nickname. Um, uh, he's a ball hawk in late games and has the ability to really kind of close off that game when you really need a pick on the opponent's last drive. Yeah, and on him, like, that's, yeah, it's an amazing nickname. I was looking at some of his stats. He has 17 interceptions through his career, which, that's that's a lot. Um, he spent his whole career with the Pats. He's 29 years old, so he's a little bit older. Uh, like we were saying earlier, we did acquire him via trade, so this is actually only one year left on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. And that's only going to be for $4.5 million, so it's not a lot of money for the ability and the prowess and the leadership that he's going to bring to our locker room he also last five seasons averaged about 25 tackles which for a db that's pretty damn good and yeah like i said with those picks he's averaging about two a year and some interesting notes i got on him from watching his film he's got long arms he's smart when he reads the field he's not afraid to hit um, usually safeties aren't, but there's some that like hitting more than others, especially guy that we are familiar with. Like you just said, Quandre Diggs love to hit. He doesn't like to hit that much, but he will hit and he's excited to, uh, something I found very interesting. So Tracy Walker, our star safety, that's only going to get better. He is sitting at six one two ten. Deron Harmon is sitting at six one two oh five. Their wingspan between each other is only a few inches difference, and their 40s were the exact same. 
um, both of their pro days, if I'm not mistaken, they're sitting at 4.51 seconds. So they're very similar, and that's why I think that Harmon's going to actually take over Tracy's role this last season, and he's going to free up Tracy so he's able to actually do other things like cover more and essentially roam the field and be a do-it-all safety because he can do everything. So you got anything else to add on Harmon? Um, no, just going back to that cap hit that it's $4.5 million this year, and in comparison, Quandre Diggs was a five point, would have been a $5.5 million cap hit, and I think Deron Harmon's a little bit better, So, in my opinion. So I think uh, so Harmon's cheaper, and he's a little bit better. Wow. And I, I don't know about that one. I don't know. I... Yes, I think Harmon's going to start at safety. I think Harris needs time to learn. I think he's going to be our third safety. But I don't know if I'd say Harmon's better than Diggs. I'm biased, though. I, Diggs is one of my favorite players. So it'll be interesting to see, especially how he's used in our system. I know it'll be pretty similar since he's going from New England to us. But I'm curious. Well, I guess we'll see how they do this next season. Uh, um, all right. One last question for you real quick. Yeah. Uh, let's say Deron Harmon gets three picks this year. Like, not average season, not good season, kind of in between there. Uh, do you re-sign him? And if so, give me, like, how many years for how much? Ooh. If he has an average season sitting at going to be 30, no. Maybe one year for another $4 million, I'd be fine with. But honestly, no. I'm hoping and... I was extremely hard on Will Harris last season. I'm not going to lie. But I am hoping that Will Harris is going to develop and we're going to have our two starting safeties. And as much as we do run extreme amounts of three safety sets, I think we'd be able to find another third safety fairly easily. So, yeah, if he has an average season, I would lean against not re-signing him. But I don't see him having an average season, to be honest with you. And I think the leadership he's going to bring with... um, him to go ahead and teach Will Harris the ropes at safety, I think is going to be worth the re-signing. But what are what are your opinions on that? Yeah, I think if he's average, now let him walk, and then if he has a good season, like uh, two year, ten million maybe something like that. Oof, that's a lot. Um, yeah, I mean I could see something like that. It's hard with DBs once they pass thirty or kind of downhill from there there are some yeah. exceptions of course but it's a very rare exceptions so okay let's go ahead and move on to our third guy we're going to go with our newly acquired and quarterback one for now desmond trufant he is sitting at six foot 190 on the lighter side a little bit shorter as well he has a contract of two years 20 million 10 million dollars a year and he is also on the older side same exact age as Harmon, actually, at 29 years old. And interesting fact about him, he was actually a first-round pick, and he spent his entire career with the Falcons. So what are your notes on him? Um, so the big thing, I guess, that con- not yeah, that concerns me is that he's been... He was a really good corner his first two, three years in the league. Hell yeah. And then he's kind of... His production has kind of gone down until last year, I think. And then he got hurt. So that's something that kind of concerns me is, one, can he pick pick up where he left off from 2019? He only played in nine games last year. And then two, um, can he go back to being that good slash elite corner that he was his first couple of years? 
Yeah, and even with those nine games, he honestly didn't have that good of stats. I was looking, uh, 2018, he had a pretty good season. He actually had 66 tackles and 13 passes defended. Um, that that was a good season for him. 16, I want to say. No, no, sorry, uh, 15. He's actually a pro bowler, so in 15, he had a really good season. But yeah, uh, 16, 17, and even last year, he with his stats off of last season, um, in those nine games... He had, what was it, a passer rating of 106.7 in those nine games against him, along with five touchdowns given up. So that's a little concerning to me. But at the same time, you got to take into account how bad the Falcons' defense was. I think it was worse than ours, and that's saying something. Um, other than that, with him, my notes were he's a willing tackler. He turns into a wide receiver when the ball's in the air. He actually uh, gets his hands on some footballs a decent amount uh good closing speed he adjusts to the ball and route quickly and fun fact about him uh his brothers have actually played in the league he's got two of them marcus trufant he played for 10 seasons nine of them with the seahawks and isaiah trufant he had a stint with the jets for three years and was in the league for five total and then my last concern on Trufant is that he was not very good in press man coverage. He's better if he actually looks at the quarterback and he's able to play off. He's still he's still good in man coverage, just that he needs a cushion because he's not one of the fastest guys. I watched a play with him against the Titans when Marcus Merida was still their starting quarterback throwing to A.J. Brown. He just ran a simple fade. He turned right away, started sprinting, and he still got beat. So that's why... I don't think he's going to be cornerback one for long. But you got anything else to add on him? Um, no, just that I expect him to be cornerback one, at least for week one, until Okuda starts to pick up the NFL and the speed of the game. And then I think he'll switch to cornerback two. Yeah, and I'm comfortable with him going up against some bigger, slower guys. So, yeah, I'm okay with him going up against some bigger, slower guys, off-man coverage having to make sure they don't go deep and just tackling them on ends and slants and comebacks and stuff like that. I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. But if we're going against Tyreek Hill or, like, I'm just spouting guys off, but if we're going against Tyreek Hill or Marquise Goodwin, a speedster, or John Brown, like, no. he's not. He can't cover him. He can't cover him. He can't cover a guy that's going to beat him over the top. It's not going to happen. So that's why I'm hoping Okuda picks it up quickly because I'm not going to feel very safe with Trufant covering a wide receiver one. Like, honestly, D-Hop, Nuke, like I know we were talking about that last episode. If we have Trufant covering him and we're there in the red zone and all he has to do is run a fade and he's going to score, that's not good enough. So, yeah, I am hoping that Okuda learns and learns quickly. But those are my notes on him. So I guess my question to you is, do you think we signed him to a solid contract? Do you think it was too much? Do you think it was too little? Um, I think it was absolutely perfect, to be honest. Um, you know, Slay was still on the team at that point, so I'm like, oh, cool, that is our cornerback too. And then Slay got traded like three days later or something like that. And then, so, but I'm a little bit more optimistic on Trufant than you are. I think he's... An all-around good cornerback, like nothing like spectacular, but he's a good, solid cornerback. Cornerback too, uh, with a really high floor. But I think his contract's good based on his age. So I don't know. What do you What do you think? Well, and 
that's the thing is, yeah, I'm hard. I'm especially hard on cornerbacks because that's one of my favorite positions. Um, it truly is. So I'm hard on cornerbacks because I know when I see a great corner. That's why I'm so excited for Jeff Okuda. But uh, it's nothing. It's not like I don't think he should start by any means. I just don't think he's going to be a good cornerback one. I was actually talking with my best friend who's a diehard Falcons fan, and he was talking about how Trufant is probably one of the best cornerback twos in the league, period. But he's a low-end cornerback one, and that's how I view him. So, yeah, I agree with you on the contract. I think that it was solid. That's good price, especially with Okudu coming in as a rookie and him needing a little bit of a buffer, I think is a solid price. And another question to you with uh, the corner situation how do you feel about Amani starting later in the season, or would you want him to not start at all? Or, and I'm talking about Amani starting over Trufant after Trufant drops down to CB two. Um, so is your question when would I have Amani start? If, if is, yeah. is your question if Trufant's play drops off, or if Amani starts like playing really Both. good? Both. Both. Amani starts playing really good. We put him in as cornerback three when they run five wide receiver spread sets. Which, at what point would you want um, Amani to start taking over? Ooh. And would you be happy about? Because, yeah, I oh. wouldn't want to pay a corner two years, $20 million to sit on the bench. But yeah. at the same time, it, but at the same that, time, if we have two young corners like that that are that good. Yeah, at that point, if we have two corners, especially one that's a fifth-round pick... Who kind of fell to us in the draft? And we're like, woohoo, we got this yeah. guy. Um, ugh, I don't know when, but if Trufant's play fell off, and Amani stepped up and was a really good cor- or was a decent cornerback too, then I'd be happier for Amani than I would be devastated about Trufant. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's how I'm with it too. I think by like, if it happened by like week ten or eleven or. I think it'd probably be more like 12 or 13, like at the end of the season. Either we're gearing up for the playoffs or we're eliminated and it doesn't matter and they're just trying to get him reps. I think that having Amani come in later in the season because he's worked and getting better and better and us having two young corners, oh, I'll be way more excited about that than anything. Yeah. But oh, Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the fourth free agent acquisition. This is actually my favorite guy. I did say Harmon for the longest time, but me going back through and watching this guy, oh my gosh, it gets me so excited. I actually tweeted about him today. So the guy I am talking about now, that is Jamie Collins. He is sitting at 6'3", 255. Um, oddly enough, very, very similar, and not oddly enough. Uh, Jelani Tavai is sitting at 6'2", 250. So very similar in height and weight. The age for him is 30. And he is an athletic freak of nature. It is insane. They have Patriots practice. They actually, their film crew posted videos of him doing flips off of things like the sleds. It was crazy. And um, he's a second round pick, so he went fairly high. And his, he's had a hell of a production. He's a do-it-all linebacker. So I'll let you go ahead and talk about that contract situation and your thoughts on him. Let's see what you got. Yeah, so he's a three... He signed a three-year, $30 million deal. Obviously came from the Patriots. Um, I'm really pumped for him as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's an athletic freak. Um, he was one of three linebackers to be top 15 in pass rush and pass 
yeah, pass rush and pass coverage, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, Damn. Take that for what you want with Pro Football Focus, but um, the only thing that kind of concerns me is that his play wasn't fantastic in Cleveland when he was there for a little bit. Um, True. But then hopefully going back to Patricia's system will help him out, and I think that... I think Patricia's defense is built around linebackers and, or I guess really excels when linebackers like do their thing. And I don't think the Lions have really had that kind of linebacker under Patricia yet. And I think Jamie Collins can be that guy to where he's like the centerpiece of the defense. Well, and honestly how I see it is I think that's why they drafted Tavai. Like I was saying with their measurements, I think Tavai is who he... Tavai is... The, what Matt Patricia wants is him to be a high tower, which I don't know if he has a ceiling like that. High tower is a special player, but we'll find out eventually. And I know you're talking about his um, career in Cleveland. He did have uh, the second season with Cleveland. It was pretty damn good. It was the first one that was very rocky, though, because he had 104 tackles in 2018. It was nuts. But, um,. His coverage skills dropped pretty bad, so I know what you're talking about there. Um, my other notes that I got on Collins, and also off that contract, the three or thirty million, there is an opt or opt out. Sorry, stuck on COVID. There is an out for teams um, after two years, so they can drop him if his play com- dramatically decreases because he is 30 years old. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, other notes that I had on he held the record for broad jump at the combine for a few years so that's take that um however way you want to but he can jump um he was actually one of the guys that was athletic enough to jump over the center when people were allowed to do that during games to block kicks so that was very interesting to find out uh i'm thinking a good stat line for him about 70 tackles five sacks and two picks from him if we get that i'm happy i am very happy because uh, his season stats last year, he had 80 tackles, 7 sacks, 3 interceptions. Like I'm saying, he's everywhere. Like, you can drop him back in coverage. He's going to bat the ball away. He's going to cover well. You can bring him down into the box. You can blitz him off the edge. He got 7 sacks. Like, that's a defensive end's numbers. And he had 81 tackles. He had a whole bunch of tackle for losses. He's going to get in the backfield. He's fast. He's strong. He's smooth when he goes back there. He's smart with his hands. He's has a great burst. He's, a, like I said, a great pass rusher. He does everything. He's the most exciting free agent I think we've signed, and I'm just happy that he's on our team. He was a pro bowler and a second-team all-pro in 2015 as well, and I really think we got him cheaper than we should have. I know he's 30 years old. I know that's crazy because, yeah, he's old, and he's older, and he should probably not be playing for that much longer i think based off linebackers it's a very physical position but i think we got a steal and i'm excited if there were multiple jelani jelani device if there were multiple jamie collins on this defense i would go crazy for our linebackers right now but there's not there's only one of them and that's the problem so what are your other thoughts on him before we go ahead and move on to our last guy the only other one i've had is it seems kind of over the past couple past couple of days it seems like uh, he's been building a relationship with Jared Davis. How yes, sir. how do you think that will affect Davis? 
what I'm hoping for is that Jared Davis balls out, that he has the best season he's had yet, and I know he's looking and saying that he's in one of the best shapes he's ever been in in his life, which it makes sense. Like you keep getting stronger and stronger, and he's at that age where it's just going to keep happening. But at the same time, he, for the game for him, it was it's just all mental. It's not the physical aspect. He's fine. He has the physical aspects like he does. He's built to play linebacker. But the problem is, is he wasn't fast enough for the game. He has not been fast enough for the game. He's not processing it. He's not clicking. Literally, like, he's not clicking. I don't know what it is, but he's not. I think bringing Jamie Collins in, he's a guy that has been places. He's won Super Bowls. He's won playoff games. He's had the stats. He's had the career. He knows what the hell he's doing. And having Jared Davis get to sit there and pick his brain is amazing. I wish I would be able to listen in on one of those conversations, even for a 60 seconds. But having that for Jared Davis is going to help a lot. I think Jared Davis can have a hell of a season because of this. And I think that's what he needed. I think he needed a veteran to come in and show him. And I don't think he needed just some veteran off the street. He needed a guy that has had success both on a team atmosphere and an individual career statistic atmosphere. I am hoping that'll work. Realistically, I think Jared Davis has a decent season. We release him and he goes to another team. And worst case scenario, Jared Davis has a bad season and he gets benched, which I don't think that's going to happen in my opinion. So to answer your question, I think that relationship is amazing. And linebackers is a special room when it comes to football teams. Those are the leaders. Uh, those are the guys that are honestly crazy. Um, they butt their heads into the lockers just because. It made no sense to me when I was playing. But... Uh, those are the guys that are the hype men. They're the ones that are going to get everyone ready and riled up for a game and go out there and beat the crap out of somebody. So I'm excited. I'm very excited not only for Jamie Collins but also for Jared Davis and for Jelani Tavai because that of Jamie Collins being there. So to answer your question, yes, I think it's great, but I don't know what it's going to produce until the season starts. Sweet. But, okay, let's go ahead and move on to our last guy. I will let you introduce him, and we will go ahead and wrap up this episode. Sounds good. So, let's see. Uh, we're moving on to Danny Shelton. Uh, he signed a two-year, $8 million deal, also from New England. Uh, one thing I have in bold, and I actually highlighted this in my notebook, is that he never played for Matt Patricia in New England. Uh, wow. You want to go ahead and start us off on him, though? Yeah, I can't believe I missed that. I didn't even click. That's crazy. I I don't know. I don't know why I totally missed that. But I'm pretty sure I knew that too. Just completely missed it. But with him, he is his measurables. He's sitting at six two three forty five. It's very comparable to Snacks. Snacks was six three three fifty. He's he doesn't look as big as Snacks, but he is. Um, I don't know. It's just the way he holds his weight or something. But he was a first round pick in 2015 by the Cleveland Browns, actually. Uh, notes on him in college. He was actually a three-time first-team All-Academic in the Pac-12. So, a smart guy. He is also of Samoan descent. So there is another Samoan on our team. There's a few of those guys that we got. And something uh, sad but very cool here is that he actually wore number 55 with the Browns because he wanted to honor his brother and Junior Seau, who both previously had worn that number and tragically passed away. Um, stats on him from last season, 61 tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble. It's kind of 
freak stats for a nose tackle, but I'll take it. Um, he's a space eater. He's got a great bull rush. I'm very surprised, to be honest with you. Um, he has a constant motor. He doesn't stop fighting. He gets to the ball carrier, which is great. Like He just washes it down. And he um, shoves his guy out of the way, and he gets there. And he has a decent swim move, which is pretty interesting to watch a 350-pound guy swim so smoothly past a lineman. But those are all the notes I got on him. What um, interesting facts you got about him or film review did you find? Um, let's see. I'm not sure if you already mentioned this. Uh, he's only 26 years old. So he's cr- still super young and has a lot of football left ahead of him. Um, and he's pretty cheap. I know it's just for a nose tackle, but $4 million a year for a starting nose tackle, I'll take that. And I think he's only getting better. Um and he's definitely an improvement over 2019 snacks, which I know 2019 was an off year for snacks, but um, it, I'm looking to improve this team going forward, and I think Danny Shelton definitely checks that box. Yeah, and that's exactly how it is, and I think he is an improvement over what snacks was in 2019, even though snacks was absolutely amazing for that second half of 2018. It was just a different player. And... um I'm actually pulling up um, the contract for Aishon because Aishon's around his age. So I was interested to see how much we were paying uh, Aishon Robinson. Right now it says, yeah, right now, so A-Rob's contract is two years, $17 million. So what is that? Um, let's see. Eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half a year. So we're paying half what we would be paying for Aishon Robinson. And Danny Shelton is definitely a better player. I agree 100%. So, yeah, I think we got um, a great contract for him. I do agree with you. So, out of these five, who is your favorite free agent? And um, I guess you pretty much already answered this one, but who is a free agent that you're most worried about? Um, so, my favorite, I still I know he's not a free agent, but I still couldn't decide between Deron Harmon or Jamie Collins. Um, I loved Harmon when he was in New England watching uh, – in the playoffs and watching him get interceptions. Um, and then I love Jamie Collins because he's a freak. And I think the linebacker room has needed a veteran there, a proven veteran there for a long time. So I agree. Out so of you those, can't choose out of those two? <laughs> yeah, can't choose out of those two. Um, actually, I lied. I'm going to choose Harmon. Um, I don't know. Did you see the picture on Instagram he posted? I think it was today where he he's like flexing. No, I didn't. Oh my dude's, gosh. The dude's biceps are huge, dude. Anyway. Wow. All right. Then, <laughs> uh, let's see. What was your other question? Um, one you're worried about the most, or do you think that's going to produce the least out of the five? Produce the least? I, I, I guess Big V, but I don't, I'm not that worried about it because it, I think it was a really good contract uh, with the potential of it being just a two-year $20 million deal. And so yeah. if it's awful, like, no big deal, we tried it, and then you can get out of it pretty easily. That's true, that's true. What about you? Um. Yeah, I'd probably go him. Uh, and I don't know. I Man, you're right, I am pretty hard on corners. Um, <laughs> it's him or true fun, I guess. Jeez, and bro. I, I know, I know, I know. And I'm not hating on the guy. I like him. I'm excited. But he just, 
I'm getting a weird feeling about him. I don't know what it is, but I am. And I I don't know how to explain it, but I think he's going to be the biggest disappointment out of the five, which might not be the worst-case scenario as long as Amani uh, moves along with his improvement. So, yeah. Or that means Big V is decent, so. Well, and yes, I think Big V is going to be decent. I mean... I know they're signing it. They really did sign him off potential, which is kind of crazy to me. But they did. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be true font. All I, right. I hope I hope I regret that. But yeah, that's all I got. You got any other final thoughts before we go ahead and wrap this episode up? No, I think it's a really. Actually, sorry, I said no, but yes, I do. <laughs> I think it's a really underrated free agent class. I think when it was happening, we we're like. That's it. Like, do something. Yeah. Like, Big V was our first signing. Everyone's like, who? And then Eagles fans, like, made fun of us. And it's like, oh, you suck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then, like, looking back, like, these, I mean, we're just looking at the the top five free agents. But I think it was a really solid free agent class. And it really helped improve the the roster. Yeah. Well, and... Yeah, I, I do agree with that, honestly. I was sitting there, and we all sit like that for the free agency frenzy. We're like, oh, my gosh, okay, what big name are we going to sign this year? And last year, of course, it was Flowers, and this year it's Collins. Man, we love our Patriots players. I get it, but still, it's kind of funny to me. Um, But, yeah, I'd say when we signed Collins, I was the most excited. The other guys, I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> I wasn't, like, freaking out by any means. Um, But... I, to another point to your question, then I'll ask you a question um, on top of what you were saying. What would you rate this free agent class if you had to give it a letter grade, even though we're haven't talked, we not going to talk about any of the lower guys on this episode yet? Uh, just these five guys? Yeah, let's go with... Uh, no, let's go with all the, all the free agents that we got. With all the free agents? Yeah. Uh... Jeez, I'm too much of an optimist. I don't know. Okay. Uh, man, I'm just afraid that I'm going to say a letter and you'll be like, what? I have it as a D or something. Um, no. Let's no, see. Not that bad. I got it as a B. Never, yeah. I never thought about it, but B, B plus maybe. Yeah. I I agree with you for the once. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I, I'd say it's probably a B. It could be a B minus depending on how the these guys plan pan out because they're older and there could be injuries knock on wood but um yeah it'll be (laughs) it'll be pretty interesting to see all these guys and it's that's the one thing about free agents is everyone's like oh my gosh they've done good at the place they're at or oh they're not as good as they used to be it's a change of scenery you're completely changing the aspect you're completely changing their city they're moving their whole families some of them are moving into a new offensive or defensive scheme some of them, luckily, are in the same scheme, or some of them know a couple coaches here, but you don't know the players, and you don't know all the coaches. It's totally different, and you don't know what to expect until you watch them on the field. Yeah. So. Ooh, I got a question for you. Who do you wish had the number 23, Okuda or Trufant? Oh, that's easy. Definitely Okuda. Yeah, I figured. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that's he's all He's going to be next. He's going to be next. That's all I got to say. <laughs> promise you that that's my boy all right all right sounds good 
we will go ahead and wrap this up then. Thank you guys very much for joining us for episode two of the Blue Blood podcast. Go ahead and make sure to follow both of our Twitters, and we will go ahead and keep updating the information. We now have it on Spotify, SoundCloud, and on Apple Podcasts. You guys can listen to that on all three platforms. And we will be getting it out on other platforms uh, soon, just figuring out which ones to get it on. But other than that, thank you guys for the support, and we look forward to bringing out more and more and more episodes. And we will go ahead and hit you guys with Free Agents Part 2 next. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Have a good one. Go Lions. Lions.